Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. This is my year. This is my time. A fresh start. An opportunity for God to move like never before. I'm determined to be the best version of myself for the kingdom, for my family, and for the world around me. Not overestimating what God can do in one year, but not underestimating what he can do with 10. Decade defining decisions. Well, what is up, Radiant Church? Are you glad to be at church today? Man, I am so glad that you're here today. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke, and I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. We are one church in multiple locations throughout Tampa Bay, and they're joining us all right now, St. Petersburg, and I love what God's doing there, joining us right now. I love the emails you guys send and how God's moving through Pastor Kenton and that team, and 20 days of prayer and fasting are happening there in Pinellas County also, and then our Brandon locations joining us right now, and I've been with you guys for a bunch of 20 days of prayer and fasting. It's incredible to see the growth. They had record numbers at those locations last week, man, seeing life change for Jesus, which is awesome. And our Heights location, love what's happening there. We've been packing out that place every Sunday night for our young adults experience, and I'm just telling you, it's an exciting time to be part of what God is doing at Radiant Church. Are you glad to be part of it, Radiant? Come on. Isn't it amazing? Love what God's doing. And I just want to honor one group that's with us today. It's those that are with us for the very first time. Maybe it's your first time in a long time at church. You're kind of sitting there, kind of looking around. You're, you have way more questions than you got answers. I want you to know you're in the right place today. We've been praying for you. We've been preparing for you. There's a non-threatening environment. I'm not gonna bring out snakes or anything weird here on the stage, okay? Like, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna have a few minutes together opening up God's word and gonna, our goal is that you're gonna leave here in a few minutes forever changed. Not because of church, not because of the people here, but because we just believe that when we gather together, God's in the midst and life change can happen. And God's brought you here and we're glad that you're here. So at every location, can we not golf clap it? Can we make it a big deal that our guests are with us today? Come Come on, it's a big deal. Awesome, awesome. All right, we'll take out those sermon guides inside or some worship notes. I want you to follow along, or you can follow along on your um, smartphone through our Radiant Church app. We got all of our notes. We are in part two of a three-part series, meaning I will close out this series, Decade Defining Decisions, next Sunday. And so I'm really pumped about that. Um, I've got three decisions that'll define your entire decade and three things that if you do these three things everything will change and here's why it's important write it down in your notes this way because i believe it is your decisions not your desires that determine your destiny so if you want to get somewhere different at the end of this year it's not just think a happy thought or you know uh, smile at some no no, no you got to do something about it so you got to take some some change some action this year and so i'm giving you some action items and I started it last week by saying, listen, number one decision you could ever make in your life is to do exactly what Mary told us to do in the book of John chapter two. Whatever God says to you, say it out loud, what? Do it, you just do it and watch how God will change your life. And so it's important that we adjust and we evaluate our decisions. I've made some really good decisions. I've made some really bad decisions with my life, so I thought I'm gonna be a vulnerable pastor with you guys. I'll give you some of the uh, good and bad decisions that I've done here as a, as a pastor, as your pastor. Um, I'll give you one personal one, a good decision. You might argue with this one, but five years ago, I got a minivan for the first time. 
All right, there's my minivan. I thought I looked cool, so I took a picture in front of it five years ago. Like, I was like, man, I am, I, I always told people I'm never gonna drive a minivan. I actually had a bumper sticker put on the back of that minivan that said, I will never drive a minivan, and I drove it all over town. But uh, that was a good decision. I'll tell you, a bad decision was a few years before that. You might not know this, but my wife uh, owned a purple Corolla, and I drove that thing all over town. That was the only picture I could find. I would drive through it. People just looked at me so weird. My wife purposely painted that car that color. What was she thinking? So as soon as we got married, first thing we did, I sold that thing right there, and it was, it was gone. But uh, good decision. Uh, last year, we gathered our Tampa locations in the Tampa Convention Center, packed out that place, which will be back there this, uh, this uh, Easter in a room about double the size, uh, fill that place up, which is pretty amazing. And uh, But you might not know this. But a few years before, I mean, before we uh, did that, we tried to do another downtown worship experience. Nobody told me you can't do outdoor worship experiences in Tampa. I just thought it's outdoors, it's beautiful, it's our city. So we set up this whole thing before the church launches, one month, I don't think anybody y'all were there, one month before the church launch, we're like, we're gonna do an outdoor worship experience at Curtis Hickson Park. We got there, we sang one song, and here was the fruit of it right there. The whole thing came down, the heavens opened, and the rain poured all over the place. We never went back there right after that thing right there. That was not a good decision. Hey, listen, decisions matter in your life, so I want to help you make some good decisions. So here's today's decision, all right? I want you to write it down because, listen, you're going to hear this thing, and you're going to go, it, it makes sense, but there's so many people that don't do it, and it's why you're lacking peace and lacking joy and why you're even in here today and you feel overwhelmed. You feel like you can't get good sleep. I, I think I found the solution. I know I found the solution for your life, and I wanna give it to you today. Write it down in your notes. Decade-defining decision number two is simply that you need to learn how to take a break. You need to learn how to take a break. I'm telling you, at, at a young age, I've had to learn that th it is not okay to run at the pace that our society tells you to run at. And I'm talking to some people at every location, St. Pete, I'm talking to you. Brandon, I'm talking to you. Uh, those at Heights, I, I want you to know this. They're telling you, run faster, do more, don't take time off, and it's killing our society today. And, and you can tell, but just by how we talk to people, how are you doing? Busy. Busy. How are you doing? I'm busy. I was like, I mean, I'm swamped. I'm overwhelmed. No wonder we have all the health and struggles and issues we have in our world today. We have cultivated this culture of, of busyness. There was a, a case study um, in the country of Japan that reported about a man. They referred to him as Mr. A, okay? So he had worked several years at a major Japanese snack food processing company, often putting in as many as 110 hours in a work week. Let me just tell you, what to get to 110, that's two and a half times the work week um, here in America. You have to work 16 hours a day, seven days straight to get to 110 hours a week. And that's what's his routine for week after week, year after year. And they were studying him to find out the effects of work on somebody who worked that much. And they were surprised one day when they came in to do a checkup on him to find Mr. A dead at his workstation, a victim of a heart attack, and he was 34 years old. 34 years old. I'm telling you, we are living in a culture that has designed us to work ourselves 
to death. Um, I, I found stat after stat. Let me just give you some of them in here. Americans work 137 more hours a year than Japanese workers, 260 more year, hours per year than uh, British workers, and 499 more hours per year than French workers. And, and uh, according to Gallup, 44% of people reported, reported feeling burned out regularly at their job, and that's probably a lot of you guys. Employee burnout, for those that own businesses, you need to understand this, cost U.S. corporations up to $190 billion a year just in healthcare spending, according to the Harvest Business Review. Americans, this is shocking to me, only use half of their vacation time. Give that vacation time to me. I'll take it. <laughs> only 23% of employees take all of their time that they have earned, and 10%, I want you to think of the room you're in, 10% of that room that you're in right there takes zero of their earned paid vacation time every single year. We've got a problem. Okay, in an article that I read, look at this. This article was read, I mean written and published January 13, 2020. That's in the last week. They talked about the effects of work on people that have, get AFib and their heart is irregular, which affects 33 million people worldwide responsible for 130,000 deaths in America alone. And here's what the article says. We've known that stress can cause other types of heart disease. We've all, they've already known that. But this is the first study that really linked exhaustion to potentially increasing your risk for cardiac arrhythmia. Just, just going too much. Just working too much without a break. Here's another one, Dr. Matthew Sleuth who is a former emergency room physician, he said, a vast majority of the issues that I saw coming to the hospital were due to the fact that the body had been pushed to such a limit that the result was sickness and strain. And you know what his solution was? People need to learn to take a break every single week. I'm telling you, there's a way that God wants you to live, so I'm gonna show it to you today because I don't think we're living it and I don't think we do this very well. Ephesians says it this way. Open up your Bibles to chapter five, verse 16. It says, be very careful then how you live. So don't just, don't just do it because, well, all my coworkers do it this way and my dad worked this way, so that's the work ethic I have and that's the work habits I have. That's the way they push us in college. No, no, no. We're gonna be very careful how we live, not as unwise, but as wise. We're gonna make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So if people are constantly getting sick and they're constantly exhausted and they're constantly feeling burned out, then let's figure out what the Lord's will is for your life. Well, I'm glad we don't have to sit there and try to figure out on our own. It's already written down in his word what his will is. So let me show it to you today. You might have never seen this before, and this is going to be a help to your next decade for it to be the healthiest and most incredible of your life. Are you ready for it? Say yes. yes. All right, Exodus chapter 31. It tells us what God's will is for our life when it comes to work. For six days, work is to be done. Now that means you need to get a job. That's spiritual. Like, like I'm, just, I'm just resting again. Not like, no, 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 that's called being lazy. Like, get a job. Job is okay. You should work. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. 
Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day is to be put to death. So we're going to have a moment right now in our services where we've got some rocks. No, 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 we're not going to throw any rocks at you, okay? All right, the good news is, is that we're not putting people to death anymore because they did not take a day off this last week. But let me get your attention at every location. Let me tell you, you will die if you don't do this right. And I'm not being mean to you, I'm being honest with you, because here's what's gonna happen. Either you're gonna take your break or your body's gonna take a break for you. And I need you to learn how to create a rhythm of health in your life where the result of it's not gonna be at death, because there are people, they die too soon. They, they overwork themselves and you're killing your health, you're killing your marriage, you're killing your family, you're killing your joy, you're killing your peace, you're killing your potential because you're not doing life God's way. Let me learn, teach you how to do it God's way. Verse 16, the Israelites, these are God's people, are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for how long? Generations to come. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're doing this for generations to come. We're part of that right there. Has a lasting covenant, and this will be a sign between me and the Israelites forever. For in six days, look what he gives us an example. For six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day, guess what he did? He rested and was refreshed. Now, let me just clue you in, okay? God didn't need that. It wasn't like he's like, oh, I am exhausted. These people, I made them yesterday, and they're already exhausting me. God's, God wasn't tired. Why did he institute, a, implement a Sabbath? He implemented it as an example to us because we're not God. We need a break and we need to enjoy this life that he's given us. And if you're working it to death, you're gonna miss out on the enjoyment that God has for your life. Can I hear a better amen than that? So, so he created this system and he calls it a Sabbath. Here's what a Sabbath is. Write it down your notes this way. A Sabbath is to cease from work. This is going to be hard for a lot of you guys. Some of y'all are already nudging your, your partner right there, nudging your spouse going, all right, get out of this message. We don't need to hear this one, all right? This, this isn't important because I'm going to step on some toes the next 15 minutes because let me just be honest with you, I'm not good at this. And I've had to learn if I'm going to do anything great for God over the long period because I'm with you guys. I've told y'all for life. You leave, it's okay. I'm coming with you. We're all in this thing for life, all right? So if I'm going to be your pastor the next 40, 50, 60 years, then we got to create rhythms where we create Sabbaths, where we cease from work. So people ask me all the, all the time, well, Aaron, what do you do on your, your day off? It's not a day off, it's a Sabbath. A Sabbath means I, I, I can do anything except for what I work for, except for work. So here's what you do. You just take off from work. So if you're an accountant on your Sabbath, you don't account. You just don't. That's what you do. You're a doctor, you don't operate. You don't dock. Yeah, you don't do that. You're a preacher. You don't, I don't preach on my Sabbath. I don't prepare messages on my Sabbath. If you're a clown, don't clown on that day. That, that day you're serious. That day only. <laughs> I don't want to see a smile on your face on that day. <laughs> it's not on my nose. It's funny. If you're a student, you don't study. You take a break, you take one day, you put it aside, and you say, I'm just gonna get refreshed. I'm just gonna get filled up. I'm just gonna go, I'm, I'm gonna play some golf, 
I'm gonna enjoy my family. I'm gonna go to get coffee. I'm gonna enjoy life. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take one day. I'm gonna set it aside. And notice it didn't say on that seventh day you go to church. Because we live in a world where, where you're, it doesn't mean everybody's Sabbath is on Sunday. We, we don't live under that law anymore. We just realize it's, it's a principle that one out of the seven, I'm gonna set it aside to just go, I'm gonna just take a break today. And I'm, I'm just gonna get refreshed. I'm gonna get filled back in. And I know you're fighting me on this, but let me encourage you because there's some reasons why you need to take a Sabbath and why you need to do it every single week. Here's the reasons. Number one, write it down, because taking a break is a command. So I hate to pull this one on you because when I was growing up, there's nothing worse than when my parents told me to do something, take out that trash, and I said, why? And they would say, because I said so. Yes, yes, you had the same parents I had. I don't know what, that generation all learned the exact same thing. So uh, I hated that because I wanted to know the why. But let me just start out the statement by saying, I'll give you the why in a little bit. Let me just start it out. The number one reason why you should take a break is because God commanded you to. He commanded you. I want you to think about this. He created a list of the top 10 things that he wants you to do or not do, all right? It's called the 10 commandments. And on that list, you have some pretty serious things. Like, don't worship an idol. Don't, don't have any other gods before him. Honor your parents. Come on, we want those in our life. We want that in our life. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't, don't, don't lie. Don't kill. Like, those are big commands. Those are like a big deal. And in the middle of all of those top 10 things, God says this in verse eight. Remember the Sabbath, Exodus chapter 20, verse eight. This is the fourth command. By keeping it holy. He says, listen, six days you can do all the other work. But one of those days, the seventh day, is a Sabbath to the Lord. On it, you shall, do not do, you shall not do any work. By the way, if you read the Ten Commandments, just a little insight, every one of them says, do not steal, and then maybe gives a, uh, maybe a couple words about it. This one, he gives a giant paragraph after paragraph. Here's why. Because he knew you would fight this one more than all the rest of them. Because he knew in our mind we're going to come up with a reason why it's okay to just constantly do it over and over and over again. We'll, we'll say, we say stupid things like this. We'll rest when we get to heaven. And you'll get there quicker than anybody else. You're not doing it God's way. He says, listen, don't do any work. Neither you nor your son or daughter nor your male or female servant nor your animals. You can tell he had dogs because cats obviously don't do any work. So... It's true. They're always on Sabbath, aren't they? Just <laughs> lounging. <laughs> That's funny. Nor any of your for foreigners residing in your towns, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. Same exact idea, the sea and all that's in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath and he made it holy. It's a command. He said, this is something I want you to do. And it's a command that we should be taking seriously. Now, I want you to imagine this. You're single. Come to Radiant. You meet a guy. You're like, oh, I'm getting to know this guy. It's pretty cool. One day, he, he, knocks, he comes up to your house and knocks on the door. You walk up to the door. You're like, man, we're just, I'm just getting to know this guy. He's already come to my house. It's kind of weird. And he walks in. He's like, hey, hey, I, I just I, I need something real quick. I need you to get all the gold that you have in your house right now. You're like, what? Yeah, I need all of the gold. I need a miracle in my life right now. And the way that I'm going to get a miracle is I'm going to take all the gold I can find I'm gonna craft it into the shape of an animal. We're going to worship this animal and we will see the breakthrough in our life. 
you're going to go, you crazy, my friend. You're a weird guy. I'm not dating somebody who is, making, who is obviously breaking a command from God to make an idol. Yet, we do the exact same thing, and we go, he's got good work ethic. Oh, he's just a really hard worker. Mom, we haven't seen him in three weeks, but he's really, he, he, he's just doing this because he's, he's cramming right now. No, 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 no. He doesn't understand it's a command from God. It's a command from God. Just like don't make an idol. It's the same command. Same thing. You're dating a girl at Radiant. Same kind of situation, getting to know each other. You're at Starbucks. She's kind of complaining about her boss, you know, and you're just like, man, it stinks. And you finally interrupt the conversation. You go, well, dear, what are you going to do about this? She goes, oh, but it's, it's not an issue anymore. You go, it's not an issue anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's not an issue anymore. I, I handle it. Oh, you handle it. You handled this situation with your boss. How'd y'all talk it out? Oh, no, no, I killed him. I just, I just murdered him. You, you say something, and that was like really intense. No, 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 I poured cyanide into his coffee. He's dead now. It's over. It's over. Like, do you want another drink? Like, we're going, no, 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 I'm done with this relationship. <laughs> we don't understand. That you, would, you, would, you would break up with her. Why? She's obviously breaking a command. And this is a command given by God that once in a while, you need to unplug, you need to t- stop checking the work emails, you need to turn off the communication device, and you need to rest and get refreshed just like God himself did. And let me just tell you this, write it down your notes, God's commandments, all of his commandments throughout scripture are never to punish us, but they are to protect us. So he's not, he's, he, he knows, listen, he's not trying to punish you and go, I don't want you to get promoted in your job. I don't want you to be successful. No, no, he wants to protect you so that you can be healthy and you can enjoy life and you can get all out of it what God wants you to get out of it. Can I hear a good amen today? He does it to protect us. Number two, taking a break, you need to understand, is for your benefit. Um, this is a new revelation I've kind of gotten from God recently in my life is that anytime God tells me to do something, it's not for his sake. Let's just think about that. He's all sufficient. He lacks nothing. He's, you know, he's, every time he asks me to give, it's not because he's up there going, man, I gotta get the mortgage paid this month. Like, it's gonna be tight up in heaven. We overextended the gold this year, and it's gonna, I better, no, no, no. Every time God tells me to do something, he's always looking at going, I know what's best for them. I know if they obey, here's the result of it. So if they start serving, I know it looks like work, but it's not work, here's the result. If they start giving, here's the result. And he understands when he gives us a command to rest, there is a result afterwards that is a healthier life that you can't even imagine happening, but you gotta create the rhythm for it. You see, the religious rulers, leaders of Jesus' day took the idea of Sabbath and made it burdensome to people. That's why people don't even preach about it anymore in churches, because they go, oh, Sabbath, oh, you're talking about a law? You're talking about that war? You know, people made it weird, like, you know, your, your ox falls into, a, into a, uh, a ditch, which obviously is not a good illustration for today's day. Everybody's like, yeah, mine did too. And I was like, <laughs> but in Jesus' day, that was like a normal thing, okay? And, and they, uh, don't, you can't even pull the ox out of there. Your kid is sick, you can't even take him to the hospital. They made it burdensome for people. So Jesus said to straight him, why he instituted the Sabbath, Mark chapter two, verse seven. Look at this. He says it like this. He goes, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. It's for your good. Not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. 
So it, it's not, hey, we, we gotta do something to please God. It's going, hey, we're in a place where we gotta understand it's for our benefit that we learn to take rest. And let me just say this, I wrote it in my notes this way, as Christians, we are paying a steep price for violating God's principle of rest. And I see it in your health, I see it in your marriages, I see it in your life, you're not enjoying life the way God wants you to enjoy it. Here's what I'm realizing in my life today. If I don't learn to activate rest in my life, and rest in my life, this is not in my notes, I'll just give it to you. Rest of my life looks three different ways. It looks like daily, that I learn to unplug, put things away. Looks like weekly, that I have a day away where I'm just, I'm just not working. And then it looks like seasonally, where I just get a break and get a vacation. You need to make it a point in your life that you institute in your life a habit. I remember last summer, we were just going through a lot of stuff here at the church. I talked about it in the, um, in the, uh, the Faith in the Fire series in September. It was just difficult. And I'll never forget going away, and Katie and I went on vacation. We had this vacation planned months and months before. And we go to get on vacation. And it's like, we had so much to do. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, a vacation. This is going to, to this is gonna set me back so much on what I gotta do, because I have too much to do to even take a break. You ever thought like that before? Like, you just go, I, I wanna take off, but if I do it, I'm gonna get even further behind. But we already paid for it, it was already set, I'd be going the way. And I remember it took like two or three days for, it, for me just to like unwind to the place of going, all right, I finally just get to rest. It was about six days, five or six days into this break that I was finally like, I'm myself again. And I realized, oh man, we need this in our life. Here's what I realized, write it down in your notes. As long as we are working on it, you don't have time to enjoy it. And God wants you to enjoy life. But as long as you're working on the career, you don't have time to enjoy the career. Stop working on your kids, and once in a while, just enjoy your kids. Stop working on the house, enjoy it. Stop working on your spouse, enjoy them. And let, just so you understand, you need to learn how to enjoy it. I love how Jesus did that, I mean, how uh, the Father did this in creation. I wanna show you this. I don't think I've ever preached this before in my uh, six years here at Radiant. But I wanna show you this because God every single day, despite, because here's, here's the rule. Let me just say this to you. Listen, listen, because I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna go, but Aaron, I'll enjoy it when I get finished. So when I get caught up, then I'll be able to enjoy it, and you'll never get caught up. And so you have to learn when things are not done to still enjoy them. So I, I love this in creation. Look at the six days of creation. We got it up here. Um, let's throw it up there in just a second. There it is. Okay, these are the six things, six days of creation. Then every day God created something. God looked at it and said, it is good. Now what's interesting is that it was good, but it was not complete. Because day one was good, but there was still no atmosphere. There was no dry land. There was no sun, moon, stars. There was no fish and birds. There was no land animals. But every day, God looked at it and said, I'm gonna call it a day. He could have created all of those things on day number one with one voice. But he realized the importance of going, even if it's not completed, I'm just going to leave it for now. Katie and I say this all the time. This is our phrase now. It's good enough for now. It's good enough for now. Like, we're just gonna make it, hey, listen, uh, we got light and we atmosphere, but we don't, have, we don't have any dry land. And God looks at it and goes, it's good enough for now. I'm gonna go watch Netflix. I'm gonna go enjoy some stuff. I'm gonna go play ping pong. 
for you to me and the Holy Spirit, we're gonna go at it tonight. Like, like no, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just enjoy this time because listen, I'm not gonna be dominated by work and by culture and by busyness where I can enjoy what I've already done for that day. That is what it means to take a break. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? So here's the phrase I wanna give you today. If you wanna learn this lifestyle, then you have to learn to leave it. You have to learn to leave it at times. Sometimes you just have to learn to drop it and just go, you know what, it's good enough. The report is good enough for now. I'm gonna leave it and I'm gonna have another time, but I'm gonna come back to it tomorrow, more refreshed, more encouraged, more inspired, ready to do what God has called me to do. It is for your benefit, you'll see yourself healthier. Number three and the last one is this. Taking a break is about trusting God. Because really it's a trust issue in your life when we don't take breaks. When, we have to, when our schedule's too packed out, we say, well, I'm not gonna get enough done. I'm not gonna be able to get it all in there. And here's what I realized is we think we have more power to do the work that we need to do in our life than God does. So really, when we don't take breaks, we say, no, I'm in control of my life. I'm gonna do it my way instead of doing it God's way. And, and that's why we don't take Sabbaths and that's why we don't unplug at night and that's why we're checking emails till 2 a.m., because we really think, if I don't do it, who else is gonna get it done? And God sits there and says, that's why I wanna fight for you in your life. That's why, that's why, you're not supposed to do this thing alone. You're supposed to let God do the work with you. This is what he says in Ezekiel 20. Look at this, I love this. It says, I gave them my Sabbaths, I gave them breaks as a sign between us so that they would know that I'm the Lord that made them holy. Look at how beautiful that verse is. I'm the Lord. Listen, I, I gave you a break in your life so that if you've ever done this, I, I'm telling you, I was really bad at this when we started the church because I would, I would work and I would say statements like this. If I don't get it done, nobody else is gonna do it. So I went months and months and months. I didn't even let anybody else preach. I'm just like, well, if I'm not here, nobody else is gonna do it. If I'm not running everything, nobody else is gonna do it. And I was going crazy. And then I remember the Lord just very clearly, Aaron, do you wanna build this church or do you want me to build the church? Like, do you want, do you want, like, do you want, and look at that first. I'm the one that can make you holy. But that's why I gave you Sabbath, so that when you are doing something great, then people look at you and go, how did you make it happen? You go, it's not me, it's only the grace of God. I'm not this, I honestly, I just take a lot of vacations and God grows his church. I just take a lot of breaks, I, I nap really good, and why? Because this is what I've learned, write it down your notes this way. When I work, I work. And I get done as much as I can get done. But when I rest, God works. He wants to work on your behalf. He wants you to release it to him. And I'll say it this way and I'll say it bold. If you work seven days a week, you're not trusting God. See that smile on my face? He loves you enough to go, listen, take a break. And you know, when you start that Sabbath, when you start that day off, you go, God, I have so much to do but I need to be refreshed. I'm gonna hand it over to him. And it's the craziest thing. I get a little offended by God now because I'll go on vacation. I'll miss a couple Sundays in a row and our numbers will grow as a church. <laughs> I'll hear it and I've heard it from you guys. I'll leave and somebody will write, that was the best message I've ever heard at Radiant Church. <laughs> it's okay. Because listen, I've learned that when I work, I work. But when I rest, God works. When I just turn it over to him and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk out of a posture of rest and Sabbath and realize I don't, I'm not called to do everything, 
but connected with God, nothing is impossible for us. We can be victorious, we can be overcomers, because he is for us. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? And this isn't an Old Testament thing. This is available for your life today, Hebrews chapter four, verse nine. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. I think there's some people in here today, you are exhausted, you are tired, you're overwhelmed even about what next week has to offer. Let me just give you the creation story one more time, okay? Day one, he creates. Day two, he creates. Day three, day four, day five, and then day six comes along and he created the masterpiece, man. That was us, and women, all right? So, created this, ready? So he creates man, he wakes him up, and he says, all right, here's the deal. I've got a job for you. See all those animals? I just made them. You're gonna name them all. You see all of this land? You're gonna manage it. You're gonna take care of this world. And then man's like, I'm ready to go. This is my first job. I just got created, I'm ready to go. And God says it this way. All right, now here's what I want you to do, ready? Tomorrow, it's day number seven, and I want you to rest. I I don't need rest. I just got here. I just got my assignment. I got too much to do. God said, no, no, the first thing man's ever gonna do is they're gonna rest in the fact that I've got it all taken care of. Let me tell you, this is salvation, that when he saved you, he didn't save you to work a bunch of jobs, get a bunch of things done. He looked at you and said, the very first thing you're gonna learn is to rest in the fact that my power is sufficient, my work is enough, my grace is all you need. We can rest and then work to all that God has for us. Stand to your feet at every location and let's give him the praise and the worship that he deserves today. standing just with your eyes closed right now I just want to pray for you as your pastor because there's a lot of you guys you are exhausted and you just feel like you're like Aaron I'm, I'm so anxious I'm so worried I want you to receive right now the rest that comes with knowing Jesus you don't have to work for your salvation for to please God you don't have to work to no the work has been finished on the cross 2,000 years ago Lord, I pray for your church, that they would come unto you, all who are weary, all who are heavy burdened, those who who feel overwhelmed right now, and God, let them leave this place today filled with rest and refreshed and charged up to do what you've called them to do. With every eye closed and every head bowed, you're in here today and you go, Aaron, I don't have that rest in my life because I don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know you can today. You can have that relationship, you can start it right now. You go, what do I need to do? You just make an act of faith to say, I'm ready to turn my life over to God. I'm ready to do life God's way instead of my way. When you make that serious 
yet simple decision to say, I'm turning my life over to God. I believe he comes in your life. He gives you a new way to live. He's gonna forgive your sins and put you on a fresh path towards an eternity in heaven. If that's you on the count of three at every location, I want you to throw that hand up. I want you to wave it at me, put it right back down and say, Aaron, I'm ready to give my life to Christ today. One, two, three. Throw those hands up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, so many people here. Thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you at Brandon. Thank you at Heights, St. Pete. Put your hand right back down. Lord, just, tell, just right now I pray that you would change people's lives in here today that are looking for hope in you. Right where you're sitting, just say, say, God, I, I give you my life, my past, my sin, my struggles today. Jesus, be my Lord and be my Savior. And I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, amen. Come on, can we give it up for those who just made the best decision in their life? It's a big deal. We celebrate you. Here's what I want you to do. You just made that decision. I want you to take one of those care cards right there in your seat. Check on there. I committed my life to Christ. You can drop it in the bucket on the way out and the bins on the way out in every foyer or at the info center. We'd love to get you connected at Next Steps at every location today. It's step number one. Get to know Katie and I and all about the church. We'd love to see you there for that at every location. And by the way, if you're looking for your sign from God, Here's your sign from God. Lead a group this semester. We need you to lead a group. We want you to lead a group. We will empower you to lead a group. And you can sign up your groups online today and so that we can start announcing those in the next week. I love you guys. You're ready for a radiant benediction today. It's up there on your screen. There it is. Ready? This week, let's say it out loud. This week, I am moving towards Christ, towards community, and towards my calling. Because of Jesus, I am getting better, and I will keep coming back. We are. I love you guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.